You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Erica. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Today, we're talking about whether we are over or under buyers. These are traits described by the writer Gretchen Rubin, whose personality framework I am personally a little bit obsessed with. So first, to give everyone some context about what over and under buyers are. Rubin says you might be an overbuyer if you relate to the following. You have huge supplies of personal care items like shampoo, lotion, and medicines. You often buy something thinking it will make a great gift without a recipient in mind. If you find an article of clothing you like, you might buy it in a few different colors. And you think, buying these things shows that I'm responsible, organized, and thoughtful. All right, an underbuyer might relate to these, which... Spoiler, as I was reading this, I relate to these 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Same for me, but the former. Oh my gosh. Okay, here's for an underbuyer. You might buy something you use daily, like saline solution, one unit at a time. You often scramble to buy an item like a winter coat or bathing suit after the point at which you need it. And often these items are sold out by the time you show up at a store. You often consider buying an item, then decide, I'll get this some other time, or maybe we don't really need this. And do you think not buying these things shows that I'm frugal and not a consumerist sucker? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we did did have to um, reveal our tendency already. So... Tell me more about the ten, how, how being an overbuyer rings true for you. And tell me about your mindset and motivation behind being an overbuyer. Okay. So I am so much an overbuyer and COVID is not helping that. <laughs> no. Um, even though I will say I was super frustrated with the panic buying, mm. which I think is completely a different thing. Um, but it's also just made me think like I have never in my life not been able to get toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm one, you know, we shop at Sam's or Costco for toilet paper anyway. So I do always have enough and we had enough technically, but it was running low. And I was like, man, like I don't ever want to be without toilet paper mm-hmm. in my life. <laughs> so it kind of solidified some of that because that was not an experience that we had had. You know, you hear people who grew up in the depression or during wartime, like have some of those tendencies to kind of hoard things or, um, you know, be an overbuyer or a stocker of canned goods. And like, I felt like, oh, I can kind of understand that for the first time. So I'm definitely an overbuyer, mostly because I just really like items. Okay. Like Like, physical things. Yes. Like I love, it's like part of my love language, I feel like too, like the the gift giving Mm -hmm. and receiving is like a big love language for me. So even to myself, like if I order something online, I get like twice the joy because I, I get excited when I ordered it Mm -hmm. and then I get excited when it gets here and I like kind of forgot what I ordered Uh for a minute. So I just really love like things and like cute soaps and I'm just very like suckered into buying things Uh quite often. Uh So there is a consumerist sucker aspect to that. (laughs) But you take Um, great pleasure in it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think some of it, I feel like I grew up in a household of underbuyers or just, and, and not so much part of it was a money thing, but part of it was like, my parents just don't think, uh-huh. about those things like in my mom will way. admit like I was so frustrated growing up that we would always run out of like paper towel and toilet paper and mm-hmm. things like that like 
things that I'm like, we're going to keep using it. Can we just right. keep buying it? Like right. I never understood. So I feel like some of it is in like one of those reverse reactions to how you grew up yeah. kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I hated the feeling of running out of things growing up. I still hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it feels like good hospitality and nurturing yep. to have like more than enough, mm-hmm. both for like our family so that the kids just know like, oh, there's more in the pantry mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it might be. Plus, like when you have people here, like, oh, I have an extra yep. toothpaste or we have plenty of linens and right. all that kind of stuff. Like I hate the feeling of not having a little bit extra to offer that little bit extra bit of comfort or, mm-hmm. you know, something that somebody might need. Mm-hmm. Um it does help me be frugal in certain ways if I can buy something that I truly need or that we're going is a consumable for us and use it, you know, on sale or in gotcha. bulk. So That's in that way, mm-hmm. you know, if if you're truly doing that, it, right. it can help you be frugal and kind of responsible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I never feel more like an adult than when I have like a few different things on hand that I could make for dinner, regardless of like if they're on my menu for that week mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And like extra toothpaste and extra toilet paper and, you know, the linen closet stocked with clean linens. Mm-hmm. And that just makes me feel like I'm taking care of yeah. things, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. So that's so interesting. Um, okay. So I, I love that we are such opposites on this. I oh, mean, yeah. Not that I don't relate to, to, a lot or yeah. some of what you're saying, but just like you are definitely an overbuyer. I am definitely mm-hmm. an underbuyer. So yes, I, and it was really interesting when I was going back to Gretchen Rubin's blog post, and I think there's even a quiz and I'll link to this in our show notes, just that how much I relate to every single one of those yeah. statements yeah. that I said. Um, I think for me there, it feels like there are really two big factors driving my underbuying tendencies. Um, one is frugality and, but not like penny pinching, but like not wanting to waste money. Like mm-hmm. I want to make sure that something that I bought was a good use of money. Yeah. And like you'll invest be, in quality items. Too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I feel like I've been working on. Um, but it is really funny because it can be even something like under $20. I will waffle on or put off a purchase for yeah. a ridiculously long time. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes I get hung up on just weird things where I will buy ran- a random thing from Target that's $30. And then yet I won't buy myself new socks for like $10. It's right. It can be very bizarre. Another factor I think is my tendency towards minimalism. And I do find a lot of satisfaction in mm-hmm. not having superfluous things. So, and like, so not wanting to buy something if it's not going to be really useful. And so I think sometimes I can get stuck kind of like, um, that statement said, like, do we really need this? Like, maybe we can keep getting by without it. I feel like I end up, um, sort of second guessing myself. I think another factor in being an underbuyer for me is that decisions are really draining to me. And I feel like Mm. I have to think a lot about a decision before I'm make it. And so just deciding whether to buy something and then what to buy can be so draining. I will just end up putting it all off, you know, like, never mind. Exactly. (laughs) I'll just, I'll just get by without it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. So my next question is how does your buying tendency translate to your life? And are there certain categories, whether it's food, clothes, household goods, gifts, anything else that really bring it out? That's so interesting that you said that 
it's like about the decision half the time mm-hmm. because I feel like to me, it's very, I'm a very decisive person. Yes, you like are. to where I decide too quick sometimes. Like if I decide I need something, I don't want it weighing me down anymore. I don't want to think about it. Gotcha. I will go immediately add it to my Amazon cart. Uh-huh. And so I think that like I, I get stressed out not making a decision. Ah, like the debate yeah. and the not pulling the trigger like stresses me out mm-hmm. where I would rather almost decide and then maybe regret it later gotcha. than just right um Being you know then debate about it for too long so that's just kind of funny how it kind of works with your personality yeah. too um i i think that for me like food and consumable household goods mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. are things that um I definitely overbuy. Um, I buy most things that we use all the time in twos. I have a okay. very hard time and it's always two, uh-huh. not three, not four. I don't like hoard, okay. but I have a very hard time if we're out of like toothpaste, for example, right. just buying one. Yeah. It, it's so hard for me, like, or even <laughs> just like, if it's like I'm getting broth that I'm going to use, you know, mm-hmm. a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I have a very hard time just getting like one thing of vegetable broth. Mm-hmm. Even if I only need like half of it for gotcha. a recipe, I have to like, I feel like I have to get two of things like that. And do you Not feel like everything, when, but- when, like when you have that feeling, is it like a, you don't want to feel any kind of a scarcity or it's like, no, like a, a responsible adult has extra. I don't know. Like it's the second most. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, now it's starting it. Like I said, COVID has brought out a little bit of that scarcity. Like, well, why wouldn't I just get two? Because Mm -hmm. what if I can't get it next time I go to the store? True, true. And really, truly, I feel like, okay, things could get crazy Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. or still for a while. So I just feel like it's it's a little bit of that panic getting in now where more it was before. Just like, well, why wouldn't I get two? Because then I have it for next time. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then I also forget sometimes what I have. So Mm -hmm. Um, I also think having I like to have certain on hand things like I like to have gift bags and Mm -hmm. things that make good gifts that I can grab I think part of it for me too is that I'm not a super organized person Mm -hmm. like naturally Mm -hmm. and so I'm not I need to have some things that I can grab when I forget I need a thing gotcha do you know what I mean so that feels like a it feels like front loading yeah to work with my issue of like right. organization. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> so that's why I feel really organized. If I'm like, well, I don't have to remember that like gotcha. this Friday is a gift because I will have right. something I can grab. I so. like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So for me, I, I find being an under buyer, both stressful, but also satisfying. So spending money can feel stressful to me, even when it's for something that is needed and we can totally afford, like I said, like a pair of socks. Yeah. <laughs> even even if my socks have holes in them, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I'll keep getting by. No one sees my <laughs> socks. That's fine. <laughs> um, but then I can, I also get a lot of satisfaction, like honestly, a very deep satisfaction from living below our means. Um, and which is not to say that like we don't have the things that we need. We certainly live very comfortably, but mm-hmm. I, I love that feeling that we are living below our means and not buying everything that we could. Um, Mm -hmm. And from not having superfluous stuff in our home. I love having Mm -hmm. just the right thing or just the right amount of things and not too many. I just, I find that deeply satisfying. Um, So for me, I feel like some of the places this might come out like food, um, we tend to buy just what we need for the week of meals that we have planned. Like mm-hmm. by the end of the week, our fridge 
and pantry is looking really sparse. I yeah. mean, we yeah. could we could pull together like a beans, a lentils. There's probably something in the fridge, but mm-hmm. if family showed up unannounced, I it would probably be difficult to pull together like a decent uh-huh. meal. It's like we are uh-huh. we are ordering out. <laughs> right. Um I feel like we don't tend to buy things beyond just staples to have on hand. Like I said, like we're not usually buying like, oh, like that can of soup, like this soup looks great. Let's just have it to have on hand. You know, we don't, Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of that stuff for clothes. So this comes out in having, I think a pretty carefully curated closet, but Mm -hmm. I do really enjoy that. I love having only things that fit really well and that I love to wear. Um, and like I mentioned, my decision fatigue, I love not having a lot of choices in want to wear. I know mm-hmm. that I have like this set of outfits. I know that any of them are going to fit me, that I'm going to like them. Um, and I'm not weeding through things that, you know, that I don't really want to wear. Yeah. Um, but that also means that I will literally wear something out. Um, I know this will mm-hmm. probably make you a little bit itchy, but I own <laughs> one pair of jeans, Erica. <laughs> It does. It makes me itchy every time. Um, I've had them for maybe like two years and I will buy good quality jeans. I will buy yeah. a good quality pair of Madewell jeans. And they look great on you. Thank I you. compliment them all the time, <laughs> well, thank but you. it's just the same one. It's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will. I have noticed that my jeans, they will tend to wear out in the inner thigh. I will mm-hmm. take them to the tailor, have them reinforced. And it's like, they are still good oh my gosh. for another year or two. And I find this so deeply satisfying. Oh my gosh. It makes me, it's, I have the exact exact opposite opposite reaction. I think overall that your, your way of doing that will serve you better in life. I think it is truly probably more responsible to, to find that satisfying. Like that's not even a hardship for you, right? Like you enjoy doing that. You're you're just choosing to do that. That's actually like lovely because if, if push comes to shove, you're going to be fine. It's not going to (laughs) bother you that much. You know what I mean? Right. But I, that the thought of doing that, (laughs) and I don't even think it's ridiculous. I just, the thought of it makes me like, I can't imagine how long the pair of jeans would sit there uh-huh. before I like, that's like an errand that like is extra stress. Gotcha. That I can't even gotcha. Oh, that it. is so, so funny. Um, so it can be a fine line though. Like I said, where I really need to get something that I need to replace. I have a current problem area. Um, and that is for my, my little no-show socks. Um, uh-huh. you know, like my little no-slip, no-show socks. Yeah. This isn't a big issue. In this. Yes. Listeners my socklets throwback. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, in the summertime, I'm wearing sandals and things, and I don't need to wear them, but we are heading into closed-toed shoe um, uh-huh. season, and so uh-huh. I am needing to pull them out, and I just, you know, like I said, I have worn through them. I think I am down to, like, <laughs> one pair. They are mismatched. One is lavender. One is, like, oh gosh, neutral Kelsey. color. My toes <laughs> are coming out one pair, and I'm like, Kelsey, order more socks. Yes. Why haven't I done it? Why haven't I done it? It's probably, like, $12. so this can be a problem um okay one last area when I was thinking about this is for gifts and one thing that I kind of struggle with even though I want to be and I hope that I am a generous person when I'm trying to think of giving a gift for someone I find myself thinking like I don't want to get them something um 
that they won't use and then thinking like, well, I don't really know what to get them. So I'm just going to get them something random. Um, and then if they don't use that, it'll be a waste of money. And then I've contributed to like their superfluous stuff and they're going to have to take it to goodwill. <laughs> like this is my whole like mental it's like against your philosophy. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like my whole mental chatter. And I, I end up finding that kind of stressful and I don't want things to prevent me from like being generous and giving a gift if I have the inclination to give a gift. And so mm -hmm. anyway, that's just like a funny kind of like backstory that I have to work on. Like just give mm -hmm. a gift if you want to give a gift. <laughs> um, okay. So tell me, has there ever been a time when your buying tendency has caused a problem? Yeah, I feel like I get on kicks. This is part of the overbuyer tendency where you get on a kick where it's like mm -hmm. even just with food like I we're on a peppers kick uh -huh. and then I buy way too many because I'm like oh we've been loving these <laughs> right, like right. I very enthusiastically purchase yeah. things and I feel good about it like oh this is like this is spot on this is yeah we're loving these so a lot of times things like that or things go bad right um or get forgotten about in the back of the fridge because sure. I was a little too many right like things on hand or um, even getting forgotten about like a Christmas gift that oh, I will yeah. have found because I just picked it up for, you know, mm -hmm. one of the girls or something. And then I totally forget that mm -hmm. I even did that where if I was like super thoughtful about not adding stuff to the cart just because I was like, oh yeah, they'll like that. Mm -hmm. Then that might not happen. Um, I do feel like I have closet issues. Mm, okay. I don't ever aspire to have only one pair of jeans, but <laughs> I do feel like I am weeding through a lot of things often that okay. I don't love because okay. I am kind of an impulse buyer with, gotcha. I like, I like to take like risks with mm -hmm. clothes and try new things mm -hmm. but I I feel like I need to get at least a core mm -hmm. I feel like the kind of capsule wardrobe that would work for me is like a core basic pieces that are classic and timeless and then yeah. only get fun stuff like an occasional piece here or there like mm -hmm. accessories or gotcha. you know yeah a sweater or something or like a, a top mm -hmm. but I I don't have a handle on my closet gotcha. situation okay and so I'm, I'm pretty ruthless about getting rid of things, mm -hmm. but then I end up with like nothing that I really love and yeah. I wear things I don't love. Right. And I don't know. Gotcha. So okay. closet issues. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I, I feel like we have a sp specific recurring problem of not replacing kitchen items. <laughs> and I think, and I'm trying to think about this. I think it maybe can matter too in your household what your spouse is. But this mm -hmm. is interesting. I don't know if Chris is so much an under buyer in that just he's not a details guy, you know? Yeah. And I think he is more the just like, if it's not broke, why fix it? And right, so right. this will happen in the kitchen, which is so weird because we cook all the time and I want our kitchen to function well. But anyway, so here are some examples of things. We, for... I mean, months, if not years, had like an almost impossible to turn can opener. Like you could not <laughs> rotate it. Opening a can was like a feat of strength. It's like rusted shut. It's so ridiculous. We also had <laughs> a legitimately dangerous, jagged, broken ceramic muffin pan. <laughs> Let me tell you the backstory on this. <laughs> Teacher's muffin fan. I cannot believe one of us did not slice our arm open on it. I am not kidding you. So Chris had wanted to replace lots of our pots and pans. He wanted to replace our nonstick stuff with ceramic. And uh -huh. so we ordered some ceramic pans, one of which was a muffin pan. And it arrived and it was like cracked and broken. 
I mean, it wasn't packaged well at all. So we returned it, had them ship us another one. The second one also returned cracked uh. and broken. It was very annoying, but it it broke in such a way that still nine muffin tins were retained. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. So it was, it was so annoying. And I was just like, so put off that this task of like, get a new muffin pan had, had turned into this, like just super annoying, all these extra tasks of like returning things and emailing the company and everything. And so in the interim, it was like, Oh, I'm just gonna have to get a new muffin pan. But in the meantime, well, this one will bake muffins. Then it proceeded to stay in our cabinet for like two or three years. (laughs) And what finally ends up happening is that my mom will come to visit and she'll be like, Kelsey, this can opener is terrible. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I really need to get a new one. And she's like, I'm ordering one for you right now. Yeah, I, I do not want to use this can opener ever again. And so anyway, luckily my mom will come to the rescue. And so recently she did send us like a muffin pan. I, when it arrived, I was like, mom, thank you so much. She was like, you're welcome. I think it was $12. <laughs> So anyway, it is kind of ridiculous. That's Um, funny. Okay. So over time, has your buying tendency changed at all or or have you worked to change it in any way? Um, I definitely think it has changed to more. um, I'm definitely more thoughtful about not buying stuff I'm not thrilled about. Clothing is a little more difficult for me, but but everything else, I feel like things for my house and Mm all those kinds of things that I used to just buy things to fill a space. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot more, I mean, we talked about this a lot on the show, but I'm a lot more thoughtful about that. I've definitely Marie Kondoed my thinking Mm -hmm. around that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really, I still only buy with sparking joy and usefulness Mm -hmm. in mind. Mm -hmm. The problem is a lot of things spark joy for me. Like genuinely, (laughs) I'm very easily drawn to a shiny object. Um, you get but a lot of I, joy from life. I, I feel do. like that's I not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, for example, even holiday decorations, it was like more is more. And mm. as long as it fits the holiday, it's right. fine. But I've been, tried to be real thoughtful about like less actually can make a bigger impact mm-hmm. sometimes and more of a dramatic statement. And just I've pared that way down. Mm-hmm. Um, I've calmed down on the girls clothes. Mm as they've gotten older and it's not quite as much fun to buy like the cute little things, but now I kind of don't like it and I wish they had more clothes. Interesting. Okay. So that's one where I'm like, you know what? I kind of just, I didn't purposely calm down on it. I kind of used to get them like a, um, kind of a little capsule wardrobe Mm -hmm. each season, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. two or three times a year as they, or as they grew and needed new things where everything kind of matched. And I had kind of like, picked everything out and now I mean even with their input but that it all kind of mixed and matched well together and I felt like good about that and now I just feel like I'm finding like oh we don't have you know mm-hmm. jeans that gotcha. fit but we have a bunch of shirts yeah. and we, you know I'm not as like I don't have my finger on the pulse of that as mm-hmm. much and I don't like it gotcha. so I feel like I want to start getting gotta, back to that because that worked well for yeah, us gotta lean back into that yeah so for me, I love being organized and efficient. And I think over time, I have realized that being an underbuyer can actually get in the way of those things and bring me stress if I don't mm. kind of manage it well. So that's been kind of interesting. And so I think I have just in recognition of that, I have loosened my underbuyer tendencies um, somewhat over time, um, partly just in the experience of the stress that comes from 
having something totally worn out and not replacing it in time and then having to live with my holy socks, you know, where it's like, I don't have to live like this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And I will say too, I think um, partly it also comes from just over time having an increasing household income and just feeling like we kind of have more of that disposable income where, um, yeah, buying a $35 something like several years ago used to be like, okay, like, let me make sure that's kind of like in our household goods um, budget now is not as big of a deal. And I will say that that does feel really good. And I know that that is a privilege, um, but I do really appreciate that. Um, I will say I used to be the kind of person and maybe on some things I still kind of am where I just buy the one of a thing like yeah, and we need this all the time. I am really trying to get better about buying two. Um, and I will say I, I am finding that satisfying because yeah. in the way that you talked about it, it makes me feel like, hey, we're not going to run out of this. And mm-hmm. in the way that I like to be organized, it's like, oh, as soon as this is out, I'm going to be able to reach for that new one. So yes. that feels really good. One, that feels efficient. It really does. Okay. But this has backfired a little bit in that one item that we always use in the kitchen is canola cooking spray, you know, for pots and pans and things. Mm-hmm. And I have put that on the list now. And whenever I write it on the list, I put buy two and Chris is still going to the store. Um, but I have put that on the list too many times lately, just forgetting. <laughs> and now we have like six and it. It <laughs> makes me feel a little stressed out. But I'm like, Chris, if I put this on the list again, just we do not need it. Don't buy this. So but anyway, but that is just like so rare for me to have so many of something on mm-hmm. hand. So it's just like kind of funny. So so I'm learning with, you know, some like, yeah, um, little balance gr- growing there. pains. Exactly. Um, I really try and this is totally influenced by you. So I really thank you for this just having more is more when hosting for yeah for food yeah. and things on hand uh, I think it kind of took me a while just to learn how to be a host and you know host family and host friends and things like that and now I do really take pleasure in having plenty but I do kind of have to remind myself that's like no we are hosting an event it's okay to spend more than I thought it's okay to have leftovers or unopened bags of things because that will mm-hmm. feel that feels good to me to make sure that I have those extra things to reach for so totally feels really good um and I will say with with clothes um even though I keep a pretty carefully curated closet I think I did kind of arrive to that over time um and I have kind of needed to work up to buying those more expensive higher quality pieces but then I've gotten better about shopping for kind of identifying like okay styles that I like um what what's gonna actually fit me well what's gonna last for years and so that Mm -hmm. feels pretty good Hmm. Um. What tips do you have for working with your with your overbuying tendency? Okay. Something that I do that helps me feel it helps me satisfy that buying mm-hmm. itch when I'm like I have to have it now, but really I shouldn't be buying mm-hmm. it. Um, is to put it in my cart, mm-hmm. like online. Yeah. You know, and yeah. especially right now we're pretty much all shopping way more yes. online than than we might have. And just putting it in the cart, because I think sometimes I feel like if I don't buy that, I'm going to forget about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it really fits the specific need or I love that so much. And that means I need to get it right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think putting it in the cart or putting it on a wish list. And I have a few different wish lists, like in Amazon, for example. Um, and you can do this a lot of places, target even, um, 
where I have like ones for the girls even for gift ideas mm-hmm. and stuff. And that way, if a family member asks, I can send that, you know, birthday or Christmas time or just something that I, you know, want to have for the house. I have like a separate list for that. And then that way those things live there and they're out of my head and yeah. it kind of fills, it scratches that itch yes. at the moment. Yes. Um, I always try to ask myself now too, would I, especially like with a sale item, Mm -hmm. would I buy this anyway or am I talking myself into Uh, it? Okay. Yeah. And anytime I find myself talking myself into it, that is my key indicator that it does not actually spark joy Mm -hmm. and it probably will spark even less joy when the newness wears off and it will be one of those things that ends up in the goodwill pile. So trying to keep those, um, parameters in mind like it needs to spark joy and mm-hmm. be useful or it doesn't make the cut yeah. so I think those things help I also think just having like um I don't know having a list and not or, or kind of an organization like I said around the girls clothes around clothing mm-hmm. around um food like being somewhat organized to the mm-hmm. fact where you aren't just buying things because you're like I don't remember if we right have these or not and then you realize like oh no she didn't actually need more jeans she needed more leggings or whatever it is just kind of having like a a general paying attention to your stuff yeah that makes sense yes exactly this is so fascinating because my tips are almost identical opposite Oh, identical, identical, but it's like, for me, they're kind of like a different mindset, but arriving at the same solution. So for me, um, keeping Pinterest boards, Amazon wish lists, like other lists. And I do have several ways that I keep track of like lists of things I want or that I might want. There is something for me. It's like, I think for me, because buying something can be stressful, putting it on an Amazon list or in my Amazon cart or in a or in a Pinterest board. I don't have to agonize about the decision anymore. Mm, And then mm -hmm. I've saved it. And then it's like, I know then that if I come back to it and I still feel like we need it or I want it, it's like that kind of gives me the permission to buy it. And then you've done like your due diligence. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, And so that that's really, that's really interesting. So yeah, I feel like for as an underbuyer, it's like, that helps give me that permission piece that can be so stressful for me Mm -hmm. and, and remove that agonizing decision. I'm like, well, I'll just park it here. And if I still think it's a good idea in two months, it must mean it will really, you know, bring, bring me joy and make sense for us. So that's really funny. Your other tip about something being on sale that, that isn't, that wasn't one of the ones that I wrote down. But when you said that, I think that sometimes seeing something being on sale, Like I can feel like, oh, I want to save money on this. And so I should buy it. And so weirdly I can like make impulse buys, but not be really smart about it. Even though, like I said, I will refuse to buy socks for a long time. I feel like sometimes it does not make sense. And so I think I have to also do the same thing and like question, is this just marketing? Like is 15% off really enough to convince me to buy something, you know, and that kind of taps into, um, like that statement of not wanting to be like a consumerist sucker, you know, where I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh no, I am resisting this marketing. And that feels really (laughs) good to me. (laughs) Um, and then finally, I think you were kind of saying this too, but if I tap into like my planner and efficiency mindset, that 
like actually, whereas for you, it might help you not buy things or buy it in the right quantity. For me, it helps me to buy things to make me know uh-huh. like I'm buying this so that I am prepared for the future. And that's how I like to feel. So yeah. anyway, this, that is just real, so that is really interesting. Um, I love it. Okay, well, that wraps that up. But we will link to the blog post and the quiz about being an under and over buyer. And I just find this super fascinating. And so I hope that some people will weigh in on Instagram. Yeah. We are Hi Girls Next Door or send us um, an email. Um, tell us how you are an under or over buyer. I have um, a question. Do you think yes. or does Gretchen think that anybody is a just right buyer? Yeah. Or do you, know, you like lean one way or the other? Cause there is kind of no just right. Right. Um, I don't think she mentioned it. And I, so I would, yes, love to hear from any of our listeners mm-hmm. if they don't relate to one of these and they're like, no, I'm just like doing it just right. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like, like a great place to be. In categories you would tend one yeah. or the other, right? I think it seems like it. It seems like mm-hmm. it. Okay. So let's move on to obsessions. What are you obsessed with lately? Okay. I have not used erasable pens since middle school. Yeah. Are they still around? Right. And they were crappy. Yes. Like you still saw everything. Yes. They were like the blue ones. I can picture it. The eraser had the hole in it. Yes. And it smeared everywhere. Why was that even a thing that we were using? I don't know. But were we just so excited to use a pen, I think? Yeah, I think so. And I have sworn off of erasable pens since then because I'm like, no, be a grown up and and just commit. (laughs) Exactly. But I kept seeing all kinds of people on like, you know, plan with me video, Mm. like the planner nerd videos or even with homeschool, like how they help, you know, how they plan their homeschool day using these erasable pens. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. And let me just tell you what. Erasable pen technology has, has come, come a long, a long way. way. Nice. So these are, they're just, they're like a gel pen. Whoa. But they are truly erasable. No way. It's, click, it's clickable. It's oh a, gosh. okay, let me see. What brand is this? I don't even know. I feel like I cannot it's believe it. It's a pilot. It. Okay. Friction ball. So it's like a ball. gel. I, it's friction. And it's erasable. And the erasers are completely different consistency than they used to be. Ooh. They're not like the crumbly. Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. It's much more like a um, rubber and it mm-hmm. it erases clean away. Oh my Both gosh. the writing and the erasing experience is very buttery, Ooh. If, I, if I can say. Yes, I can imagine this. It's getting sexy up in here with it this It really is. Pen. You said friction does... ball a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I totally did. Just want to point that out. Buttery Just want to point experience. that out. <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome this pad has now got me red in the face okay so i'm just highly highly recommending this sexy pen um i don't know they come in i i'm like sold like i kind of don't want to use other pens now because i feel like once you have the ability to erase you don't go back away okay and it erases clean away there is zero I, I just w- I just want to try it because that sounds like I really cannot believe that that could be a true yeah. experience. So, okay. Technology has come a long way. Well, I am obsessed with a breakfast I have been making for myself and I've even given it a little name that I'm pretty proud of. I am going to call this the Sunrise Taco. Cute. <laughs> and so here is what it is. Um, it is a pan fried um, 
like bean and cheese taco. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like we have beans at least once a week for dinner. So we'll have leftover black beans or refried beans. And so mm-hmm. I just get a tortilla, spread one side of it with um, refried beans or black beans, put some shredded cheese on top, fold that over, and then have a little um, a little skillet. I heat up a little bit of butter in that and kind of pan fry it on both sides till it gets a nice little golden and nice and melty. Mm-hmm. And then... Beans and cheese get incredibly hot, as we all know, if you've ever like bit right into a burrito. So I finish that, put it off to the side, let it cool for a little bit. And then in the hot skillet, I fry an egg and I like mine like salty and really peppery. And so I do a, do a fried egg and then I just put that right on top of my taco And Mm -hmm. then if I'm feeling really fancy and we have it on hand, I will slice up some avocado and put it Mm -hmm. on top. And then I just kind of eat it like this like open-faced fried egg taco situation. It is so good. It does sound good. It's very filling. um, Yeah. And I highly recommend it. Fiber, protein. Yeah. It's got it all. Good to go. Yep. Right. I like the I like the order of operations. There yeah, don't too. you like that? Feels very efficient using that it hot does. skillet, and then it it's does. like re- I'm ready to just like shovel it into my mouth and not just like burn my mouth off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's always like a, a fine line. There. Yes, it works out very nicely. Uh, okay, tell me, do you have any neighborhood news? I do. Okay, so this is technically it's kind of our neighborhood. It's definitely Gilbert. It's in it's technically my neighborhood, okay. I think, our larger subdivision. But we were at book club last night. We had a socially distanced yes. book club oh, with so all wonderful. of us there for was, the first time since it was so February. Wonderful. It really was. We were just in um our friend Becky's driveway with a fire pit and spread out and it was just so nice to all be together and it was so funny because she was telling us this story she's she has got a very patriotic front yard going on she has her flags and her signs in her front yard about who she's voting for she's very active and she has had her signs stolen and like just there's been some neighborhood drama right Yeah, yeah so the funny part about this is she's like oh yeah that's like the third ones and I'm and then she's like, but these ones, I got a surprise for them. And I'm like, what do you mean? And so she has this metal grate that, you know, is kind of a drainage grate across her driveway. And it's right next to where the signs are stuck into the grass. And she's like, well, if they take that one, I had my husband rig up. It's like attached to a fishing line onto the grate, but they gave it some slack. So when said perpetrator comes to steal the sign they're going to get far enough and it's going to come out of the ground easy and they're going to think that they can run off with it and then it's going to all of a sudden like snap back (laughs) i'm just picturing i just really hope she catches it on her ring camera and i really hope it goes viral because it's going to be really funny if it happens oh my goodness she has booby trapped her signs political sign stealing do not condone we do not endorse come on just just let, let just live and let live. Be neighborly. Just be yeah. neighborly. You don't <laughs> you don't have you don't have to agree, but just be neighborly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All so. right. Well, I think that's all we've got. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. As we mentioned, you can find us in between shows on Instagram where we are High Girls Next Door. Find our Girl Next Door podcast page on Facebook. You can also send us an email at highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com and find the show notes for this episode and all of our archives at girlnextdoorpodcast.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly.
I completely forgot like where I was at all. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm going to get it. <laughs> On Instagram, we are, I'm not even c- going to commit to doing weekly-ish Instagram live chats. You know what? Just, <laughs> We're not even going to talk about You that. find us on Instagram, and if we do a live, you're welcome to you're watch welcome. it. You're <laughs> welcome. All right. 